Welcome. This is the podcast of the Capacity Building for European Capitals of Culture project, initiated by the European Commission. Here we will share insights, best practices and know-how from experts across different fields on topics relevant for the design and implementation of European Capitals of Culture. In the framework of the project, Interarts has organized the third Academy Camp on European and International Cooperation, directed to the delivery team of Vesprim Polaton 2023 and other actors in the cultural and social life of Hungary and in the ECO community. In this episode number 12, we will hear from Philip Dietachmeyer, Head of Programs at the European Culture Foundation. My name is Philip Dietachmeyer. I am the Head of Programs together with my colleague Vivian Paulissen in tandem at the European Cultural Foundation based in Amsterdam. The European Cultural Foundation is a private lottery financed foundation and the only European Cultural Foundation that works all over Europe and with a mandate all over Europe. And I have been working for this foundation for a very long time already. I'm originally from Austria spent some years in Sarajevo also and have been working for more than 50 years in the foundation with many different cultural initiatives all over Europe, bring them together across borders. And in this context, in the framework of our programs, bringing people and their cultural initiatives and ideas together across borders, we always have been working in the context of another big European cultural program, which is the European Capitals of Culture. Many of our cultural mobility programs, of our grants, of our support programs have been supporting initiatives that took place before, during or after European Capital of Culture programs have been taking place. And in the past, we also had very Direct collaborations, for example, with the Friesland Capital of Culture, the city of Leerwarden, early already with Ruhr 2010. Our foundation works between cultural civil society organizations and institutions, but our focus as a small foundation was very much on independent cultural civil society initiatives that operate in the context of the Capitals of Culture. So this is why we did never work directly with the Capital of Culture managing bodies, except for Friesland, but supported more those small initiatives that come up and then feed also very much and make, from my point of view, Capital of Culture events richer in the larger ecosystem, if you want, of a Capital of And that's why I've been speaking at the ECOG Academy in uh, Westbrem recently. And the colleagues from Westbrem actually were also involved in a program we have been running specifically for Capital of Culture initiatives called Tandem. The European Cultural Foundation was originally established in Switzerland by a Swiss cultural philosopher called Denis de Rougemont. And Robert Schumann, the founder of the European Union, was our first president. And we visited this initial idea of them for the establishment of the foundation. And it's like very interesting and relevant for our times still and again, because back then they already said like, we need to work on creating what they called the sentiment, what they meant 
that there needs to be a foundation that works on creating a sense of belonging for Europeans, an emotional sense of belonging, a sentiment that goes beyond trade agreements and coal and steel, which was very much uh, at the beginning of the European Union. So for them, culture and education was at the beginning already at the heart of what also needed to happen next to trade agreements and next to making uh, state treaties with the founding member states. And over the decades, many different programs in this direction tried to imagine how the shared future of Europeans could look like through cultural activities and educational activities. One of the most prominent outcomes of that thinking and of that philosophy of bringing Europeans together across borders was in the 80s, the Erasmus Students Exchange Program, which we co-established and then also run for a couple of years together with the European Commission, because that always has been a very central feature of all our programs and supporting grants that we try to translate what we understand from the cultural and educational field and what we basically understand from issues Europeans and ideas Europeans have, how that can create a shared European space and how that can also be translated into EU policies. So we also work a lot on translating what we understand from the cultural and educational field into concrete and tangible EU policies, such as the topic of our discussion today, for example, cultural mobility or the importance of cultural mobility, which is what we were exploring and exercising and promoting a lot for many years by running our own cultural mobility programs until it became a mainstream program run by the European Union itself now with this Ipertunus pilot project and the forthcoming what they call Erasmus for Culture. So the focus of our programs for the past 60-something years has been on creating a, a sentiment for Europeans to belong along the lines and the spirit I just described. And the Erasmus program is still very much an example of the spirit our programs have today. We work with three programs cluster today with the idea that we work towards uh, the sentiments of feeling of belonging to Europe because we believe it's important for Europeans to understand Europe as a shared space. So SHARE is one of our programs cluster, and we do different activities in this field, from media to physical space to safeguarding cultural spaces where they need safeguarding. But the basis for that is what we do in our experience programs, because we strongly believe Europeans first need to experience program in order to feel it, in order to emotionally develop a sense of belonging to it so that they can imagine a shared joint future for all of us Europeans through culture. So that's why you have share, experience, and imagine as an integrated framework of program clusters and activities. But since the pandemic, of course, changed a lot in this orientation of the programming, we also give very tangible support and try to maintain this culture of an open and shared uh, Europe, for example, by our Culture of Solidarity Fund has been supporting projects that exactly work in the continue or try to continue working in maintaining and safeguarding and further developing and promoting a European culture of solidarity so that we don't fall back into nationalist thinking as it's very much the danger now in the, throughout the pandemic.
through our programs, through our mobility support, project support, and collaboration programs, experience programs, we always have been in touch with smaller independent initiatives, mostly uh, that work in the context of Capitals of Culture. Uh, and through that, we also came in contact, of course, with the managing teams of Capital of Culture events. And when a city prepares for a Capital of Culture year, they always have to work very strongly on developing what is called in the Bitbook the European dimension. And in this context, many groups in Capital of Culture events or in the context of Capital of Culture but also the organizing bodies, often then we met and we came to the conclusion, hey, this is our field of work, developing European dimensions for projects, for collaborations among cities, among cultural initiatives that work in these cities. And we have been running a program that explicitly brought together more than 600 cultural initiatives so far across borders, which is called Tandem. And the Tandem Support Program we were running brought together or brings together cultural initiatives from one country and the other across borders for developing future ideas for collaboration and for realizing pilot projects and for developing future strategies. And at some point that became very interesting for a handful of capitals of culture events and organizations working there. So we had a specific edition of that Tandem Program four capitals of culture, which involved past, present, and future capitals of culture. Our type of work for bringing people together across borders is a good fit with this European capital of culture, European dimension, both for the organizing bodies, but also for the cultural initiatives who work in these cities and who often still need to gain connections and experience and develop their capacities to work internationally or on European level with other cities. We had a very long-term and concrete collaboration for exactly developing that European dimension and for preparing local initiatives to collaborate uh, with other capitals of culture and all over Europe with uh, Leoward in Friesland 2018, which happened uh, before and during the Leoward in Friesland 2018 capital of culture. One uh, interesting example of a project idea or a collaboration that came out of this special tandem program for uh, uh, Leerwald in Friesland 2018 and other capitals of culture who were involved is a project or a project idea called Creative Embassies, where Podium Asterix running Welcome to the Village, which is a big music festival in, in Leerwald in Friesland. And the organization and especially the young people working, uh, the, the youngest, newest people working for this uh, Podium Asterix music producing, event producing organization, engaged in a collaboration with community youth art organization working in a similar field in Rijeka, which was back then still only forthcoming cultural capital, with the idea that both cities, so Leerwarden and Rijeka and other capitals of culture could have what they call creative embassies, so that, for example, as a music producer or a festival producer, you would know if you come from Friesland and you wanted to produce something in, in Rijeka, you knew, ah, okay, I can come like it into an embassy. I can come to this organization in Rijeka and I get help and connections there to produce my event in Rijeka, to produce my music production, to produce my project. So this was a pilot to basically open so to say, creative embassies in uh, Rijeka and uh, Leoverden and to spread into a network in other capitals of culture, to develop this into a network in other, in a network of creative embassies in, in other European capitals of culture, where especially young music event producers could come and get 
support and the contact point and help for developing music event productions across borders. This project still goes on. So this was only a pilot project we developed. And it's actually now in the making to scale that up uh, to have many more of those creative embassies all over Europe. Just as an example for these projects in our work, which start always small as pilots and then become bigger and scale up when others take them over. The European Cultural Foundation is supporting cultural collaboration across borders. So when the pandemic hit and from one day to the other, borders were suddenly closed. That, of course, had a most severe effect on us. So, you know, I, I asked myself, or we all asked ourselves also, so more than 60 years of work of bringing people and ideas and, and cultural initiatives uh, together across borders. And then within a few days, a pandemic kind of like puts you back to the start. So that certainly, I think, was the biggest challenge for our work. But I think in the cultural field, of course, it was probably the most uh, severe and seriously damaging event that happened. And this is why our reaction to that shock, so to say, was really to see what can we do with our limited means to maintain contacts across borders and to you know, safeguard this culture of solidarity among Europeans, not forgetting each other and focus only on how well we are off locally where we live and what's the situation here, but to kind of like get out of this altogether as Europeans. In our work, we explore and develop new ideas and run them with small pilots uh, with the idea that others then at some point can take them up and scale them. And it was the same with the field of our cultural mobility programs and support in the past. Then the European Union institution, the Creative Europe program, with the support of many other networks, cultural networks, and took up the importance of cultural mobility across borders for bringing Europeans and cultural initiatives together and started three years ago, four years ago, pilot initiative, which they called Ipotunus, where they invited two consortia, the Goethe Institute and partners and the European Cultural Foundation, Cultura Nova Foundation and Midostas, another consortium to run pilot programs in that field. Now, those pilot programs ended up directly in the pandemic, which, of course, made the whole exercise of doing a pilot in this context very tricky and difficult as well when you are actually running a program that is supposed to support people in traveling and meeting each other in a pandemic. We developed some interesting hybrid or blended formats of meeting new initiatives, both physically by traveling there and uh, digitally, because the whole digitalization and shifting a lot of activities into digital space. And one of our programs even focuses on creating a all over European shared digital space, because also digital spaces are still very much broken down into national spaces. So the creation of a digital European space is also part of what we work on. We try to explore also how making European experiences exchange and cultural mobility can work at least as a combination in digital space. As inventors of Erasmus, we, of course, very much believe in the importance of meeting people face-to-face. -face. But in this Ipotunus pilot program, which we did for host organizations specifically, so our pilot program was focusing on what do host organizations who receive artists and cultural workers need in order to make the experience for the artists and cultural workers who visit them a good one, a fruitful one, a mutually fruitful one. 
We also did experiment with uh, digital and hybrid formats. And in this program, but also all our other programs, found that very interesting new formats of collaborating or doing meetings or even producing or doing workshops came up. And I have the feeling that the pandemic was almost forcing a little bit cultural organizations to really accept that digital challenge because that was uh, for a long time the, the only way. And then later on, also a, a way to maintain context, to develop new contexts, to meet, to meet each other. So this opportunist pilot also helped us to develop new ideas and formats that I think will play a role for the future. And we have very strongly a focus this year also on the cultural challenges or the challenges for the cultural sector, but the cultural challenges also the whole global climate transformation phase. Hopefully we are entering the climate crisis and the hopefully transformational phase that will start also in the cultural sector in, in working in this context and uh, thinking, contributing and working on issues that have to do with the climate crisis. And even before the pandemic already, we were very much working and thinking about how we can make the cultural mobility programs, which come along with traveling, greener and less damaging for the climate, because that's, of course, something in this field of cultural mobility we always my feeling is maybe sometimes still need to develop much more responsibility in terms of being aware of the damaging effect it has and uh, finding ways how to travel, simply travel or meet each other in a less damaging way and to find new formats, new ways. And of course, then an answer can be found on one hand in a digital way of meeting, but also new forms of how we travel or how we integrate traveling time into our work or how maybe we stay simply longer, do less travels, but stay longer in one place. So I think all this will change the field of cultural mobility and how we make cultural experiences all over Europe, all over the world, actually, fundamentally. And with the Ipertunus program, pilot program, we have started to explore this field. We also work on a study uh, accompanying this process that should give us new insights and new ideas how cultural mobility could look on a European scale in the future, where the dimensions of like, uh, yes, making these face-to-face experiences and uh, developing this emotional sense of belonging to Europe with making cultural experiences with other Europeans through collaborating with other cultural initiatives is a central point, but also how in the digital field, in the digital sphere of collaborating, in the digital European space, new formats can evolve and how we can do this all together in a way that is contributing to climate transformation in a new way and is ultimately developing into a way of traveling and realizing cultural mobilities in a less climate damaging or climate neutral way. And that's a long uh, path of transformation to go, but also an interesting path, which will, I think, develop, create many new initiatives. For the European Cultural Foundation, culture has always been going much further than just the arts and the institutionalized cultural sector as such. So for the European Cultural Foundation, as the Erasmus program also shows, culture was always a very broad concept, which basically asks questions about how we live and want to live as European and projects ideas into how we can create Europe as a shared 
cultural living space for all of us. So in that sense, it covers a, a cultural professional or people who work in the field of culture for us cover a very broad range of people, communities and ideas that all deal with the cultural question of generally how do we want to live and what does it make worth uh, living a good life and what do we need and what challenges do we face as Europeans in a global context among us Europeans but also in a global context and maybe to give you an example also where you can see that very tangibly we have in our programs uh, since a couple of years back a very strong focus also on working outside big urban spaces if you want you see the capital of cultures also go to uh, regions and smaller places much more because we have even a specific tandem program now called the tandem regions and we work a lot with the regions in northern italy where we explicitly go and offer these opportunities to engage in thinking and developing and uh, reflecting on Europe culturally, where Europeans who live there maybe have not had the opportunity yet to engage with other Europeans that much. And I think that's a very, very important aspect also when it comes to how we understand culture, that it's not something elitist, exclusive, that you need to have an education for and, and you need to understand art, but it's something which is very much part of your day-to-day -day lived reality and your struggles, your challenges, your issues as a human being in the European context. What I am personally very passionate about at the moment is to broaden that idea of what cultural work is even further in the context of our work on questions of climate justice, climate transformation, and to see projects and initiatives and thinking that very much work at the intersection of culture and nature. That's what I'm very interested about, uh, where basically European cultural landscapes are also natural landscapes and how we can bring basically nature protection activists and cultural activists and climate justice activists together into new projects that deal in a much broader way with questions and ideas about how we live in a particular space, both from a cultural, natural point of view. That's what I'm very excited about. And by the way, coming back to the capitals of culture, that's why I was always very excited about the approach of Leerwood and Friesland Capital of Culture because they had a really broad approach on what the cultural work would be that very explicitly also integrated nature and ecological questions and uh, agricultural traditions and everything uh, going on in the region. So this, this holistic bringing nature, culture, society, European questions of democracy together is, and global questions of climate crisis is something that I find very exciting and also working on a publication in that field at the moment, uh, which is forthcoming later in the year called uh, Sensing Earth. So that shows a little bit already about what cultural questions could be there. So our theory in this book is that people have lost the culture of being in touch with nature as a cultural quality also. When you work in the European cultural field, like we do as European Cultural Foundation, we will always be in touch with capitals of culture and the professionals who manage them, the Europeans who live in them. I believe that European 
capitals of culture in the future maybe will open up uh, even more to topics, so to say, that go beyond immediate art and culture where we work in, be it in the field of climate transformation, uh, be it in the field of challenging nationalism, where we concretely also come into terms with aftermath of the pandemic for citizens, for Europeans, for Europe as such. So I think the big topics and challenges of European capitals of culture in the future will also remain areas of work and interesting connection points for us because as European cultural field in capitals of culture, everyone who works in that field, we have big tasks ahead of us and interesting creative times, which hopefully will come with a lot of new approaches and ways of working. And um, as organization that brings together big cultural initiatives across borders, like the European capitals of culture do, we look forward to work along on these shared challenges as they are, I believe, also in the future. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast of the Capacity Building for European Capitals of Culture project, initiated by the European Commission. We hope you enjoyed this episode and join us again next time for more.